0: Thank you so much for joining us today for our LifePoint podcast. At LifePoint, we believe everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, and with God, anything's possible. Hope you enjoy. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing in the house today? Everybody good? Yeah. I want to say hello to the folks out in the lobby. Thank you so much for being out there and everybody who's joining us online, wherever you're at. From wherever you're coming from, we're so glad you're joining us. Can we give, it a, hand, give a hand for all those folks, everybody? Thank you guys so much. A um, couple of things before I jump in. By the way, my name is Danny Rivers, and I'm one of the pastors here at LifePoint. And, and if you're a guest with us today... Uh, Thank you so, so very much for joining with us today. Um, We are getting ready to add uh, back a fourth gathering. Uh, This room has been very full, second and third gathering every week, people out in the lobby, and we're going to try to do our best to help with that. Um, We've got some plans coming up that we'll tell you about in in the next few weeks. Um, so we'll, we're going to be mixing up our times just a little bit. We're not going to throw anybody off crazy, but we're going to try to make sure there's plenty of room for everybody. Um, today, we are launching our Life Groups uh, semester. Um, there are people out in the patio. If you want more information, you can go to LifePointSA.com as well. Uh, well. Somewhere between 40 and 50 groups. I'm not sure exactly what the number is. And before this day started, we had already had 427 people sign up ahead of time. So it's going really awesome. So get out there and check that out. I uh, remember prayer happens every day, Monday through Friday in this space right here uh, from 12 to 1. You can come and go as you please. It's not formal. People, we just have some music on, some prayer cards out, um, resources out. You can just come and go if you're able. And then, of course, as Noel just said, revival uh, this Wednesday, 6 p.m. for prayer and 7 p.m. for worship. And we'd love for you to join us. Last thing I promise, uh, Brandon Cunningham was one of our worship leaders, um, he is not here today, as you noticed, um, because last night around one, I think they had they had baby Amelia. Um, she came, she went ahead and came on. <clears throat> she was five weeks early, and she still weighed five pounds twelve ounces. So that baby was going to be giant. Um, she, everybody's doing great, so I just wanted to let you guys know that uh, he was he was like, I'm not going to be there. I was like, it's fine. You just go ahead and do what you need to, you need to do. Um, so we're we're proud for them. Um, we're in this series on family uh, life. We're calling it family life. And, and uh, I've I felt a lot of weight this week um, around this series because of the conversations that I'm having with people. And, and in particular, the prayer cards that we keep seeing around family life that is struggling. And so life can, just in general, be kind of chaotic and unsettling. Yes or no, right? Um, especially if you don't know what normal is. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like is what we're going through, is this normal? I, I heard a story a couple of weeks ago from a family in our church who were, were, were having some marital problems, and they felt so alone and so isolated. We had a marriage event and, um, in February, and we had everybody at round tables, and apparently at, sitting at that table they realize, hey, we're, we're not the only ones who are going through this very same thing. And when you don't know that, that, that sometimes what you're going through is normal, you can start to panic. Like, I don't know if you've ever been on a really uh, turbulent flight before anybody, like, like a scary one. Like, not a little bump, but like, are we going down kind of a flight? Uh, this happened to me back in, I don't know, 15, 16, 17 years ago. I'm flying from Houston to Orlando, but we're stopping in New Orleans on the way. And about that last 40 minutes from that Houston to New Orleans, which was basically the whole flight, um, it was crazy. Like people were throwing up. And uh, I'm a little bit of a nervous flyer. Can I, can I, can I say that? Uh, like, like my palms get sweaty if there's like just a slight bump. And I don't even know what's going on. It's like, why are my hands all wet, you know? Um, and this one was bad. But what it gave me was it gave me a sense of, well, I survived that. So every other one that I f- fly on, when I feel like it's still not as bad as that one. We're going to be fine. You know what I'm saying? And if you don't have a sense of normal, what's normal and what's acceptable, you, 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 are we going to crash? And, and I think it's true in family life, the same thing, marriage life, we, we have that same sense of, is this normal? Are other people going through this? Are other families struggling with this? Should we be concerned about this? Should we be panicked about this that our kids are experiencing? What's normal? And, 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 and so what I want to do is I want to talk about traits of healthy families today and then next week as well. And, and if I can't get through the list, I'll go three weeks with it. I, I just want to make sure we, we get there. I just want to give pe- people a sense of um, perspective about their own family life, uh, their own origin, right? their own uh, family of origin. Like, was it healthy? Was it was it good? Was it normal? Was it crazy? Come on, you don't like 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 you don't know. Um, and 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 then as we're raising our own kids, um, for some of us, um, is what I'm experiencing normal. So so I'd like to start a conversation about traits that healthy families have. They tend to have. Um, the conversation will hopefully happen around your dinner tables or in the car or wherever you talk. And 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 I like to do lists when it comes to relationships because it just helps me get, like, yeah, this is this is this might be helpful, and I just want to be helpful. Um, th- these are all applicable if you're a single mom or dad, if you're a blended family, or you know, uh, we have regular, whatever regular is. not Come on, there isn't regular anymore, but whatever that is, um, whatever the case is, they're all applicable. And, and and I want to say this other thing before I dive in. Um, I, I'm, I'm not an expert, by the way. I'm a fellow struggler in the parenting journey. But what I, this is what I'm discovering by reading and researching and listening and observing. And then this thing, if your family is struggling right now in any way, in any way, God can change the direction of your family. Like I believe that fundamentally that the atmosphere of your family can be, can be changed. Like if the culture of your family is off or the atmosphere is tense and, 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 and tough, God can change that. But you have to believe that he can. You have to believe. You're gonna to have to work on the order that we talked about last week, that sort of order that the Bible lays out. You're gonna to have to develop some good habits, uh, and that's what we're gonna to try to help you with. But you can start by saying, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You can start right there. Like, I will lead my home. I, we will turn the corner. My marriage will turn the corner. You start with that belief that from this day forward, no matter what's happened back there, from this day forward, things are going to be different. The atmosphere is changing now in Jesus' name. I'm going to fight for my family. Come on, somebody. I'm going to fight for my family. And, and I said that word strategically because healthy families are not healthy by accident. Right? you got to fight. Right for 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 your family, and I want to tell you why you got to fight. Because there are all these forces in our world that are working against family. Like like, and if you don't believe me, just please pay attention. There is much attack on family, and and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into the 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 the, the, the list of all that. I want to f- I want to focus on positive things. But we just need to know you got to fight for your family. When, when the families of, of Jerusalem in the time of Nehemiah, there, there's a book called Nehemiah in your Bible, right? When he's trying to re- rebuild the, the walls and rebuild the city of Jerusalem after it had been torn down, all of these external forces come against him and, and the families. And he says this, chapter four, verse 14, he says, don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of the external forces pressures from the world, the culture around you. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and what? Fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. And the idea is that your family is worth fighting for. Don't give up on, don't throw in the town. Don't say it's too late, it can't change. It's not too late. No matter who you are, how old, how long you are into this thing, your family can get better, your family can grow. So here we go. Um, three things today and then some more next week, all right? Here's the first trait of healthy families. Healthy families never stop learning. So you, you may be a mom or a dad who has adult children, marriage, you may have grandchildren, but if you stop learning and stop growing, it's not going to go well or as well as it could. Healthy families uh, create an atmosphere where we're learners, we're not knowers, come on everybody, we're learners, right? We, we develop, we're, we're, still, we're still learning. So, so Solomon the wise says in Proverbs 1, 5, let the, look at this with me, let the, let the wise, so they're already wise, everybody, let them hear, right? Let them listen, let them take notes, let them listen to podcasts, come on somebody, they didn't have them back then, right? Let the wise hear and what? Increase in learning. So just because they're wise, they're they're not going, I got it now. No. And then the one who understands, not only are they wise, but they actually have a sense of understanding about how things work. Let them what? Obtain guidance. Right? Let them, what he's saying is that wise people are always in a posture of being teachable, coachable, and, and they make it a practice of theirs to seek out guidance from other people who are further along in their life. So from, from who? Verse six, he says, it, they, they learn from the wise. So a wise person goes, I can't, be, I can't know at all. So a wise person is not a know at all they're saying somebody out there knows more than me and their posture is as a parent, as a dad, as a mom, whatever, as a business person, I'm going to find that person to, who can take me to the next level. And then in, in chapter 9, verse 9, this is your memory verse for the week. You didn't know I gave one, but I just did, right? Proverbs 9, 9. Here we goes. Can we get this one? Give um, did we already read this one? Oh yeah. Give instruction to a wise man. This isn't the memory verse. I got another one. Sorry, this is way too long. You're like, I'm out. I'm out. I'm too long. It's more than four words. I'm done, right? Give instruction to a a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous, a good, godly person, uh, and and he will increase in learning. So when we're talking about what what helps what families do, wise people. <clears throat> know what they don't know, and so they go to those who do know, and that's why they're wise. Wise people know what they don't know. So they go to those who do know, and that's what makes them wise. So when we're talking about families, we're talking about parents always trying to learn to get better, to to get better at communication, to get better at uh, saying the right thing in the right season. Healthy families are led by a parent or parents who take their role very seriously. They know what's riding on it as they continue to listen, to read, to hear, to keep working on it. So question, question, how are you going to be, as a family, how are you gonna be different or better than you are today, one year from now? In one year, What will you do starting today to make sure you're not the same as you are today? Again, I don't care how old you are. I'm 51. I got a long way to go, everybody. And you're like, yeah, we know. Okay, well, thanks for that, right? But what that means is that healthy families always are looking for how to do what they do better. They go to a, pot, to, a, to a life group, a parenting life group, right? They sit down with mentors. And, and what they learn, they pass on to the kids. There are some things, everybody, that you have to learn from your family. You've you got to learn from your family. They don't teach these things well in school or at work. A, and, and the truth is, is, if we don't learn them when we're kids in our families, many of the problems that, that come later in life as, as adults come from the fact that we didn't learn the right ways of doing things as a child. And if you don't learn certain skills as a child, you'll tend to struggle in life in certain areas. So I want to give you three things that you, you, you have to learn from your family of origin. Number one is what to do with your feelings. What do we do with our emotions? What do we do when we're angry? What do we do when we're sad? What do we do when we're anxious? What do we do when we have fear? What do we do with that, right? How do I deal with how I feel? In a healthy family, you learn how to recognize and name your feelings and then how to express them in a way that becomes helpful. But for some of us, we didn't learn how to express anger. Um, because we saw it in our family of origin either being just stuffed down or exploding all over everybody. Come on, somebody, don't, don't raise your hand in case they're with you right now. <clears throat> right? So, so a lot of us learn that when there's conflict, we're either going to fight or flight. Right? And, 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 and we, we don't, if we don't learn how to work through the disagreements with, with families, how are our kids going to learn how to do that at school, at work, in college, uh, as they get older, in their own marriages, if they never saw anybody work through anything, like with, 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 with good intentions, right? What happens then is they will either become a, a mute um, or a martyr. Come on, y'all know there's a martyr in every family, it's so everybody's out to get, come on, everybody knows that martyr, right? Or you become a maniac, right? A mute, a, a maniac, right? Like, so, so, so when you think about conflict, the animal kingdom, right? You either become a skunk or a turtle, right? So when a skunk gets upset, what happens? Everybody knows. Everybody knows when the skunk got scared or mad or whatever, right? They just stink the place up. Everybody gets affected by their anger. A turtle pulls into their shell, isolates, pulls back out of a fear of conflict. And so most most every family, there's probably a turtle or a skunk or many of them, right? Don't point at anybody. It's not helpful, right? Many of us didn't learn as kids how to express our emotions. We were told when we cried, don't you cry, I'll give you something to cry about. Only the old people know what I'm saying right now because I heard that. I'll give you something to cry about. You just did. You smacked me one time. (laughs) Right? But crying is actually pretty helpful sometimes. It's a great way to release that. And if we don't learn that, we just stuff it down. Now, whining on the other hand, come on, that ain't of God. Come on, can I get a witness from somebody? (laughs) And if you don't learn how to deal with how you feel in your family, you go through life, you become emotionally stunted. You don't have normal You don't know how to emote in a normal way. And then you'll have to relearn it. Come on, everybody. Um, And you'll have to relearn it, usually in a very expensive therapy or counseling sessions. Multiples of them. And the reason why why families break apart, marriages break up, sometimes it's because we did not learn how to deal with our own emotions. We had no emotional intelligence. And we, didn't, we don't know how our emotions affect other people, right? We come into the house and everybody's like, oh, what's going to happen right now, right? You lack emotional intelligence. In a healthy family, we learn how to deal with our emotions in a healthy way. By the way, this first one's the longest one, yeah, so everybody can relax. You're like, I think he said three, all right? So another thing you have to learn from your family is how to handle the losses and failures of life. Because you're going to have a lot of losses in life. Those of you who are older, can you say amen with me? You're going to have big losses sometimes in life. You're going to have some small losses. And we have to, as parents, we have to teach our kids that's what happens in life. And we have to teach our kids, by example, how to grieve the losses. To grieve the losses because nobody wins all the time. And we experience grief, and grief is God's way of helping us transition from grief into the next phase of life. But when we don't grieve well, the, the losses in life, we get stuck emotionally in the places of our worst defeats, our worst losses. This is why, by the way, you'll see a 40-year-old man who, when he gets mad or hurt, who will act like a 14-year-old boy. And if you're 14, it's totally fine to be 14 and act 14. But when you're 40, it isn't cool to act 14. Why does a grown man who's 40 years old act like a 14-year-old emotionally? He got hurt 14 probably, never grieved it, never worked through it, got stuck there emotionally, and even though he grew in age and success and resources and money, he's still a 14-year-old boy down inside. Because he didn't learn to grieve well and work his way through The hurts, and this, ladies, you ain't off the hook. It happens to you too. So, So when our kids lose or fail, I'd argue that it's actually detrimental to them to not let them feel the pain of that to feel the sting of that. I, I, if all the experience from their entire childhood is us covering their tracks, making up, dealing with their teachers because they didn't turn anything in, like if that's all we do, they will grow up and experience a world that doesn't care. Like, 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 like they don't care what, they, what their, their answer. Well, but I got a trophy at every phase of my life and a medal. That's awesome, except it's not real life right? And and, and this is the season, especially if your kids are young, everybody, when our kids should learn for their safety, for their own good, for their own future fulfillment and happiness, that there are consequences, both good and bad, for their actions, right? Because when they get their first job or have to face that college professor who doesn't care about their feelings, Right, or, or their excuses, or what happened back in the day, they'll be crushed if they, if, 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 if they haven't learned that the world doesn't orient itself around their feelings or, their, or even their self-esteem. And, w- and we've all felt that as you get old. If they haven't learned that failure won't kill you, failure won't destroy you, failure can grow you and build you and turn you into something great, they'll suffer loss in life and they won't know how to get back up. Life has many wins and losses, and our kids need to feel that. James, the brother of Jesus, says in James chapter 3, he says we all, what? Stumble in many ways. It's the reality of life. Our kids need to learn young. Proverbs 24, 16, this is the memory verse for the day. For For though the righteous falls seven times, what do they do? They rise again. Like, they're they're not evil, they're not sinful, they're righteous and yet they fall and they get back up. The fact that we fall is not the important thing, the fact fact that we get up is the important thing. We will will all fall, right? There's a difference between a success and a failure and we have to know this lesson, we have to teach this to our our kids, it's called resilience resilience, and it's one of the most important things that as a parent I can impart into my family is that you're going to have to get some resilience in you. Do you have the ability to get back up after a defeat? The best leaders, some of the most successful people in the world tend to be the people who just have the most resilience. They're not the smartest, the most gifted, the most talented, they just keep getting back up. They fail forward because they have grit, they have grind, and they have grace. They have all three of those factors. Another thing we learn from our families is we learn what values matter the most. There is a, there's a tendency in our culture to go, our kids will figure it out. as they. We're going to let them figure these value things out as they get along. That's a mistake. That's a mistake. And the Bible will tell, and, and actually next week I'm going to give you a verse for that. What values matter the most? You have to help, we have to help our kids, we have to instill them. Um, we, can't, we can't trust the rest of the culture or the rest of the world to tell them what's healthy and good. Those, those of us for whom the Bible is our frame of reference, it is the worldview that we look through the lens of life. We can't always agree with the values of our culture. Right? From popular culture, our kids are learning that, that what matters most is how you, your appearance, right? your, you, how you look. Image is important. That, that looks and attraction and, and image is more important than character and integrity. But come on, they're not. Right? Th- that, that modesty is for old people. Right? So dress to attract attention. The, the world teaches us that the more money that we have, the more important we are. Not true. The more successful that you are, the more fulfilled that you'll be. Also not true. The more significant your life is, right? Th- not, not true. The world teaches that everything is about sex and human sexuality. Not true. It, popular culture teaches that the more followers and the more likes that you have on social media, the more valuable you are. Not true. Our kids are learning a lot of values from, uh, I'm stepping on toes, but I'm going to do it anyway, because I'm 51 now, and I don't really care anymore. Come on, can I get an amen? Something about 49 to 50, I'm like, what do I got to lose? Still a lot, but anyways. Right? But, but, but but our kids are learning a lot of values from from movies. And television shows. What? Nobody watches television. Streaming, like... From their devices, from their songs, from their friends. And they're learning a lot of things that, that, that aren't actually true. And, and, and listen, I know this won't be popular either, but we have a spiritual adversary, the devil, Lucifer, Satan, and he's using a lot of these, stu- these things to teach our kids that what matters in life is sex, salary, and status. And, and, and that life is about three things. Gain all the possessions you can gain. H- have all the pleasure you want, regardless of who it hurts or regardless of what God thinks about it. Uh, they have, un- have unbridled passion. And, and becoming important and having status, that's position. And by the way, these are the same three things that Jesus faced from the devil in the wilderness. Go read the story in the Gospels. It's also what Moses faced. It's also what Adam faced. The three things that they all faced. And teaching our kids that these three things are going to come at you in various ways all through your life. And you got to recognize them as false values. If they don't see them as false, they will believe it like everybody else does. We have to teach them that godliness matters. Come on, that holiness isn't old school, it's real talk, right? That character is huge. That doing the right thing is still the right thing. And, and that, come on, and that the Bible matters, right? That God is good. So healthy families are always learning, and because of that, they never stop growing. That was the longest one by far, everybody, okay? Just in case you're like, dude, he, got, he has two more. Second one, quick, because I'm going to come back to this on the fourth week. Healthy families share a common spiritual foundation. Perhaps more than any other time in history, our families don't just need a little little shot on Sunday of God. they need the whole meal deal, like the fries, the, the cookie come on somebody, the, the large, slushy, right? They need all of it. There are a lot of forces in our world undermining family, and the, we need. Christ at the center of our homes. If you now I know not everybody in this room is a follower of Jesus, not everybody going to listen to this is a follower of Jesus, but if you are a follower of Jesus Jesus Christ needs to be the head of the home. They need praying parents. They need Bible-centered homes. They need parents who who love God passionately, who show up, who serve, who get involved, who who take them to do things that matter, not just fun things, right? Let me ask you two questions. Was Christ at the center growing up? And if not, do you want to change that for your family? Will it make a difference if you teach Christ the word of God in your home. In, in my home, I'm gonna speak only for my family. In my home, this right here is the final authority for matters of life and death and future. This is the final authority for me. I have found that most any challenge that I face in life, most any question that I have, if I look hard enough, I can find the answers here. And to think that this is some old book that has no relevance is not to understand that the Bible is alive. That's what the word, the Bible says, that this thing is alive. It's, 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 it's active. It's constantly cutting things off of us that are not right. And if you say, well, I don't know what God thinks about that. God speaks most clearly through these pages right here. And if the Bible, here's a question for you, if the Bible is not the final authority for your home, what is? Think about it. Who is? Is it, is it you? Are you the final authority? Because I don't know about you, but I don't know enough to be the final authority. I'm not smart enough. I'm not wise enough. Is it the government? Is it pop culture? Who is the final authority? I would say that this is the final authority and this is the safest place to base your life from. Healthy families, last one, they they bless instead of curse. Jesus has some little kids that approach him in Mark chapter 10. Verse 16. And as the disciples try to shoo him away. He's like, bro, get, get him up here. Get him up here. And it says that he took the children in his arms, put his hands on them, meaning he, pray, he prayed, he laid his hand on their forehead most likely. And he what? He blessed them. He blessed them. I love that. And it would be amazing to know what he said. But whatever it is that he said to them, it was encouraging, it was life-giving, it was affirming. And one of the most important things we can do for our children is to speak words of life. Even when we're offering correction or discipline, we do them in a way that speaks life. Rather than harsh or critical words, I know you know this, but words are powerful, particularly The words of a father or a mother. Um, Words can shape futures. Words can shape destinies. Some of you know this, but I'm standing up here today now because when I was 18 years old playing basketball, a dude called me off the court, pastor. I didn't even know who he was. He said, hey, man, your name is Danny, right? Yeah. 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 God told me to tell you that he's got something for you. He's going to do some really cool things in your life. He wants to use your life in a really awesome way. And at that time, I was like, I just want to play ball. Look at girls. Come on, can I get a witness? But those words that he spoke to me got into my head and into my heart. And after I graduated that year, I headed headed off to, to seminary. I had no intention of doing that zero but those words from this pastor shape my, my destiny which is why Solomon the wise says in Proverbs 18 death and life are the power of the tongue that's the words, that's words and those who love it, love the, I, the, 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 the knowledge that this is true, will eat its fruit, and the fruit everybody of the tongue can be poison or it can be life-giving. And every day, every moment of the day, when we're tired, when we're frustrated, when we're angry at other things, I have to remember that when I walk into my home, my words are gonna count. There's a saying that words are cheap, but that's not true, is it? There's a cost to every word we use, and it's it may be an investment that brings a return, or it may be withdrawal that costs somebody their confidence, their security. With our kids, we have the power to, to deposit blessings and strength. Um, and, and not just the spoken words, everybody. Sometimes it's the unspoken words that drain our children of the confidence and the security and the affirmation they need. The words that should have been said or should be, be, be said but aren't. Words like, I love you, kid. Words like, I'm very proud of you. Words like, you've got this. You're a champion. You, you, can, you, can, you can make it. Those are some of the most important things that we can say as parents to our kids. And and let me say to parents who have older children, grown-up children, it's the same. It is the same. I'm 51. For me to hear from my mom or my dad, hey, son, we're so proud of you, would mean just as much as it would have when I was 14. Because you're always a kid. You're always somebody's kid. And every child is looking for affirmation and love and to know dad's proud of me, mom's proud of me. And a child who is searching for a blessing from their parent will put themselves into all sorts of contortions to hear those words. Kids join gangs, kids join groups at school that may not be the best or most healthy thing they do it because they want to know I'm part of something if I have to do something crazy or bad to to be accepted I'll do it because they just want to hear we got your back bro you're somebody in this thing and really it's parents that have the most responsibility to speak words of life Deep inside of you and deep inside of your children is a bucket, an emotional tank is what I've always called it. And and, and somewhere in there there is praise and approval. And everybody needs it, some more than others. Some of you are wired more like I am for approval. And it's up to me and, and and, and my wife to make sure that our girls get that. So don't just tell other people how proud you are of your kids. Tell them. You know, there's a lot of cursing that goes on in our world. I wish there were more blessings. I wish that this, this house, these people, those of you outside in the lobby, those of you who are out on the front porch right now, you're hearing me through the speakers, those of you who are at home, I wish we would be blessers and not cursers. I wish we'd realize the power. As you see a student walking around here serving or up on the stage or back in kids ministry, that we would be the kind of people who go, hey, I see you, I see what you did, I see what you're doing. Come on, kid. That's awesome what you did. God's got you. God's got a blessing for you. I wish, I pray that lots that, that it would be true of us that we bless. I wish that people had enough faith in themselves and their relationship with God to bless people, to be blessers, to offer words of hope and words of life. Parents, we get one chance. For those of you with young kids, there's this saying that says, the days are long, but the years are short. That's true, right? Some days feel like if this kid makes one more mess, come on somebody if this kid comes home with one more F or D right the days are long but the years are short we just get this one chance everybody we just get this one chance and we don't always get it right remember there's the ideal and there's the real there's the idea the way it should be and then there's the real the way it is And sometimes there's a gap between the ideal and the real, but thanks be unto God that there is grace for the real. So if you haven't gotten it right, I get it. Neither have I. But from this day forward, from this day forward, my goal is for a healthy family, to do the best that I can with what I've got, to not make excuses for, hey, my family didn't do it right either. Just from this day forward, in my my marriage, if you're married, with my kids, with my older parents now, who didn't get it right all the time either, can we just stop holding against everything that they should have done and realize now we're not getting it right either? Can we just forgive and move on? I I know it hurt. I know it was bad. Yeah, of course they should have known better. So should you. So should I. Do you get it right every time? You don't. Can we be the forgiving kind? Can we be the kind of people who initiate forgiveness and repentance? Can we start with our own families? I think it's important that we do. I think it's important we do healthy families, decide to be countercultural. cultural Don't care what the rest of the world's doing. We're gonna say no to some, some good things so we can say yes to some God things. And in the process of that, over time, God lays his hand of blessing to where your family's blessed. But listen, your family's blessed to be a blessing. That all the peoples of the world get blessed because you decided from this day forward I'm going to change the family tree. It's gone this way the whole time. Not not after here. My generation, it stops. We're going to go God's way. Amen, somebody? So Father, thank you for um, the Word of the Lord. for all the fellow strugglers like me out there, would you remind us that there's hope and there's grace, for our mistakes, for our challenges, for the things we've come up short in? And would you would you remind us that you give us strength and wisdom beyond our years, beyond our experience, to do the right things? I pray your best of every family, every mom, every single mom in this room who's just doing everything they can to make it happen, I pray they would know they're seen and loved by you. For every dad, every single dad, every family that's blended and, and it's challenging, would you just let them know how very much you love them and how much grace you have for them. How much wisdom that is in your word, most of all, I just pray that people would take a deep breath and breathe in the closeness of our God. the help of our God, the strength, the peace. For, for every home right now that's chaotic, I pray peace over it. I pray help. I pray rest. For every worn-out mother trying to do all of it right, running around chaotic, trying to make it all happen. Jesus, even your own mother left you behind, forgot you in another town. It's not possible for them to get it right all the time. May the rest of the knowledge that their kids are still going to be just fine because you love them even more than they do. I pray your best over us all in Jesus' name, amen.